previously on the Untitled Beatles podcast. Rubber Soul, hold on. U.S. Rubber Soul. No other Beatles album feels this folky. I saw that one copy of Rubber Soul was cheaper than another copy. So I got the cheaper one because I was in eighth grade and I, whatever, I had a, an allowance. How come Paul McCartney wasn't as good as Cat Stevens? My favorite Dabney Coleman sitcom ever, Drexel's Class. Fine, Maureen Cleaves the Fifth Beatle. All right, you win. I would argue that this is Dave Dexter's master stroke. On the album, he's billed as Organ Evans. I mean, you could say that Heather Mills is Paul's Maureen Cleaves. Fuck. Fuck them. They did everything. I don't like the word turd. Well, that's our time. We'll see you next week on the end. We hear there's more. Untitled Beatles podcast. So on the British album, the next song is Nowhere Man, which of course gets thrown to, um, I was going to call it USA Today, but it's (laughs) yesterday and today. Yeah. To me, Nowhere Man throws the flow off of everything. To me, Nowhere Man, I hear Nowhere Man as a single, even though it technically it was not a single, right? No. It was only a single in the States. Right. It was a U.S. single. So that's where I'm thinking. Yeah. So I don't know. There's an energy that's happening on this record. And Nowhere Man with that vocal ending throws it off. So U.S. version cuts it out and goes right into uh, Think for Yourself, which is a great George composition. We get to finally get to hear from George again. And I mean, we last heard him on Help, but uh, or Beatles V.I., of course it's Beatles. What kind of animal calls it Beatles 6? It's Beatles. It's called Beatles VI. If they want to call it Beatles 6, it would have had the number 6 on the record. I mean, when the Bears played Super Bowl XX, it was the best. I'm so glad they won Super Bowl XX. Super Bowl XX, of course. Who calls Super Bowl 20? Jag bags. I love this song, Think for Yourself. I mean, I especially loved it in junior high. There's this kind of spiteful tone in the lyrics. George doesn't seem to remember what this song is about. The quote is probably about the government. He couldn't remember a specific person. If this was like a relationship thing, he couldn't remember what that was about. I would have think he he was with Patty at this time, right? Yeah, this was this just pre this might just be pre-Patty. Well, he met Patty on Hard Day's Night, right? And weren't right. weren't they yeah, kind of like right. a thing? I just want to say pre-patty because that's what I do before I have a burger. I make a pre-patty. <laughs> <laughs> um, think for yourself is that part of that weird mid-60s, oh, George Harrison's a libertarian because he's got taxman on <laughs> revolver. He's got think for yourself on here. Um, but it's a, what I'm saying, George Harrison is our generation's Tucker Carlson. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, God forbid. Um, yeah, you know what I love about this song? I love Paul's fuzz bass. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Well, there's two bass parts. They did a regular bass, and then he overdubbed that more melodic one, which is the, the fuzz, the one that's prominent. It sounds like a guitar, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It is so fun. It really makes this song. To me, that's the first, that's what I heard in junior high was that groovy fuzz. I've got a word or two to say about the things that you do. Do what you want to do And go where you go
I think John and Paul worked extra hard on their harmonies on George songs because they didn't have the confidence in him. Mm. You hear this in If I Needed Someone as well, which is in the British Rubber Soul, but I feel like the harmonies are so John and Paul laden because they didn't quite have the confidence in him. Is that weird? I think that's about right. And also, this is a song structure that's a little bit different than other songs. Like, George is pushing the structure with those elongated vocals, the verses. He does it kind of in If I Needed Someone, too. And I think that's what I liked when I was a kid when I heard this song was like, oh, this isn't just like you fit four words into a four thing. This is like, oh, he's pushing it. And you've got time to rectify all the things that you should. Like, it goes on a little longer than than it feels like it should, similar to If I Needed Someone. And yeah. I really dig that. And he is using words like opaque and rectify. That was another, I, in my notes I wrote, like, did George overhear Maureen's? Yeah. Thanks, Maureen Cleave. <laughs> George's early songs were like, don't bother me. Yeah. Caveman. I think George wrote the screenplay for Caveman. <laughs> zug, zug. Zug, zug. A duke, dollar. Yeah, and then we got The Word, which was one of the very rare songs that was actually written while high. They smoked some grass, some jazz cigarettes. Some reefer. Some reefer. Yeah, man. Yeah, I guess they just, they made a, a thing of it. I guess the lyrics are written on some multicolored lyric sheet, which was later given to John Cage. Yeah, and John Cage gave it to John Candy. I love John Candy. I do, too. He was great. Gone too soon, as Neil Diamond would say. Yeah, and as I would say about Neil Diamond, gone too late. <laughs> he's, he's still around. Song, song, blues, leaving. I like that one. Bring it on. God, Bring it on. I know, with, I know you love your Neil Diamond. Give me that time. He's Jewish. How can you not like him? Uh, all right, here's a list of Jews I don't like. Uh, Jared Kushner, Stephen Ew. Miller, uh, plenty of Jews I don't fuck. like. Well, he's not them. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, the word. All right, the word. No, is, Tony. Song, song, blue. Going from C to G7. I love it. That's good. What, the Beatles never went C to G7? <laughs> Isn't that Strawberry Fields? He, he did write uh, I'm a Believer, didn't he? Yeah. What a great song. Yeah, when he was like a song plugger. Yeah, man. Yeah, then he got his own thing. It's a great song. I like him. The word inspired a generation of rappers. You think so? Yeah. That's where word came from. Word. Fake people ain't worth a turn. <laughs> yeah, it inspired Vanilla Ice. Yo, man, let's get out of here. Word to your mother. This is dad jokes 99 here. Uh, I, I think the word is great. I actually put the word on our list of great love songs because... I remember that. To me, the way everyone looks at all you need is love is how I look at the word. The phrase, it's so fine, it's sunshine, has always just resonated with me. I love like... But I also love good day sunshine. I just love the whole kind of mid-60s using love and the sun as a metaphor for love and this song to me is just one of my favorites 
I love the harmonium. I think it's George Martin playing it. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a cool song. It's them kind of actually getting into their skins as being these Beatles spokesmodels. Or, uh, spokesmodel. Because, <laughs> you know, they were on Star Search. <laughs> they were just, Brian Epstein discovered them on British Star Search. I don't know if you knew that. But I meant as spokespeople, not spokesmodels. Ed McMahon, the ninth Beatle. <laughs> With your host, Ed So is the stereo version, is his John's vocals like double tracked instead of single tracked? Is that right? Or am I hearing it funny? In the beginning, I misunderstood. But now I got it, the word is good. I don't know because the mono version, I feel like it's all with the double tracking is a little harder to tell. I'm not sure. In the beginning, I misunderstood. But now I got it, the word is good. Okay. I felt like I, he- I heard something different in the stereo version with his vocal. But it's also a great example of Ringo's ability to make every drum fill unique yeah. and different. And I-, I especially love there's one one of the sunshine lines where he just it's just cymbal and bass drum. It's it's and it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's Ringo's playing on this is great. This whole song is great. It's I love the kind of minor key groove feel of this song. Totally, yeah. Yeah, and like Drive My Car, this is the thing where they're going for that Stax, Motown, kind of Tomla sound that is very prevalent of this era. And and the Beatles do right in their way. You know, they put their stamp on it. They're influenced, they're not imitating. What I like about Stax, too, great soul label, but also, if you can't afford Pringles, Frito-Lay has a version of them called Stax. I didn't know that. Is that what those are? Okay. I think so. (laughs) But they can't come in a tube, I'll bet. Yeah. No, it's a different kind of tube. Late nights all alone with a test tube. Let's move on to Michelle, which is one of Paul's great songs, a standard and uh, George Harrison's kind of Greek guitar playing on this thing has always been just so. Is there any other composition in pop music like this? I don't think so. Yeah, it made my list of favorite love songs. I believe I described it as elegant and compared it to like a fine dinner or something like that. But I still, yeah, I still agree with that. Yeah, he was going for a French vibe. So this is a song he had laying around for years. He composed it on his first guitar, which was a Zenith, which coincidentally, that was my first television as a kid. I watched a Zenith. (laughs) (laughs) So I have that in common with Paul. You just feel right about owning a Zenith. Zenith confidence, knowing you can't buy a better TV. At Zenith, the quality goes in before the name goes on. So this is a song, I guess, back he had this laying around back in like the late 50s, actually. And this is a song that Paul would bring out at parties back when they were younger and just trying to pull birds, as they say, which is uh, British for get laid. I want you, I want you, I want you. I think you know by now. I'll get to you somehow. Until I do, I'm telling you so you Say 
Was it John who came up with that kind of Nina Simone? I love you, I love you, I love you. Is that a John contribution? I seem to recall him claiming that. Yeah, mm. in the uh, Playboy interview, I think he makes note of that. Or he was inspired by Nina Simone's "I Put a Spell on You." Nina Simone, who has one of the more unique Beatle covers, her version of "Revolution" is incredible, and it's kind of drifts pretty far from the original but she makes just a great statement piece out of her revolution it's worth checking out i'm here to tell you about the destruction of all the evil that will have to end So Michelle N side one of both the U.S. and U.K. versions. So basically what we've missed are Drive My Car and Nowhere Man, but we've added I've Just Seen a Face. So there's six songs total on the U.S. side one of Rubber Soul. And the side two is Rick. It's interesting. It opens with a song that John claims he never liked that most of the world heard on the Help soundtrack. I love It's Only Love, and I love it because... Getting to know the song, getting to know you, this song, <laughs> this song wasn't buried in the B-side of help for me. This song opened side two of Rubber Soul. I love It's Only Love. I think it's one of the most underrated John Lennon contributions, especially in light of his seeming disdain for it in 1980. I get high when I see you go by. My oh my, when you sigh, my my inside just flies. Butterflies, why am I so shy when I'm beside you? It's only love and that is all. Why should I feel the way I do? It's only love and that is all. Yeah, I wrote down great side opener. I think it's I think it's great. You know, and then so George has got a 12-string guitar on that. Like it really does carry over the big folk rock thing that US Capitol was trying to push on American buyers. And frankly, I'm into it. Um working title, that's a nice hat. And then in parentheses, <laughs> cap. Oh. <laughs> that's a nice hat, Cap. That's a Maureen Cleave suggestion. Of course it is. <laughs> All right, fine. Maureen Cleave's my third favorite Beatle. There. <laughs> wow, third favorite. That means, was that mean Ringo's behind her? All right. Pete, Andy, Maureen, <laughs> Stu. Now, Paul came to defense about the, uh, you know, the triteness of this song, saying he also described it as filler. But in defense of this song, he said, like, yeah, you know, it's only rock and roll. It's not literature. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I love this song. I think it's great. I dig that cool tremolo effect on the 12 string electric. 
I think it's great. Yeah, it gets into that birdsy sound. It's cool. There's also kind of a reference to smoking pot in this. Where's that? Yeah, let me hear it. I get high when I see you go by. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're getting into it. We're getting into, like, just owning up. We're not hiding who we are anymore about, like, oh, this thing we're doing, it's not right. It's like, yeah, who said it's not right? Psychopaths. (laughs) Weed should stay illegal. Now I'm about to go drink a six-pack of Old Style and get in my car. Right. Fuck you. I'm going to ruin my liver and, yeah, right. La, 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 pot, pot, give us some pot. So, of course, side two in the British album opens with what goes on, a Ringo song. There's no Ringo songs on the American Rubber Soul. Yeah, I mean, I love Ringo, but I don't miss it. I don't miss it. I don't miss what goes on. Also, I don't think what goes on is a really good side opener. It's not a great side opener. And it is the only track in their canon contributed to Lennon, McCartney, and Starkey. Next up is the last song that was recorded for Rubber Soul, which is Girl. Hey, did you know there was a fuzz guitar part that George had recorded for this? It was left off, but I'd be curious to hear that, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever heard that. Is that is Does that circulate it anywhere? Not that I know of. I just read it. I love this song, though. We talked about it on the our favorite love songs. It made my list. And yeah, like I said, when I was younger, I kind of gravitated towards this. There's a spitefulness in John's lyric, similar to George's in Think for Yourself. Will she still believe it when he's dead? There was something I really relished in that line. The way he says the word dead. Yeah. Will she still believe it when he's dead? Yeah, there was something in the teenager in me that really relished in that. That had to do with all, you know, junior high foibles. and <laughs> You know, being a dork in junior high is not fun. Well, speaking of high, the breath intake in this song, there's so many, you know, in, in improv. <laughs> but we... we we use the word game quite a bit in like sure. scenes and there's there's a bunch of different games going on in the song that's so layered. It's got the tit 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 mm-hmm. tit 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 background. Mm-hmm. The the sound like they're inhaling a, a joint. Mm-hmm. This is just it's a classic. This is one of those classic John love songs. This is another one 
that's got these kind of Greek guitar lines. In My Life, which we'll get to in a couple songs, is a similar thing, but like this whole album's got kind of a Greek feel. Even the cover, the way they're in those coats, it looks very kind of European. Maybe maybe I shouldn't just refer to it all as having a Greek feel, but that's just kind of what it, it just has this aura of that to me. You know, Greece is the word. <laughs> We now take a break for Tony to sing all of Summer Nights. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's usually a duet, but I'll do it both. Summer Day. (laughs) Kill to see you in that. Come on, you don't want to hear all the horny details. Are you kidding me? I will tell you. During this evening's performance, the role of Kanicki will be played by Tony. Um, yeah, I, I've, we've touched on the song before. I, I love the song. And as we talk about the U.S. versus U.K. difference, It's Only Love and a Girl also makes so much more folky sense than what yeah. goes on. What goes on feels like a novelty song into Girl. It's yeah. Only Love and a Girl feels folky and authentic and very mid-60s American. I completely agree with you, man. Yeah, what goes on to me feels like a B-side. Even on yesterday and today, it's kind of like, what? <laughs> so to me, that song should be like its own standalone thing. Kind of, It should be the B-side to nowhere, man. That's what I think. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And it is. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Dave Dexter. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of cool that they call back to tell me why. Tell me why. <laughs> tell me why you cry. No, Girl is a great song. I love it. I love it for all those reasons. Definitely when I was 14, 15, whatever I was, when I was 14 when I was into this music. And uh, it definitely made me curious about marijuana. And I, I didn't really indulge till later, until I was officially an adult or whatever. But uh, <laughs> Lame. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, well, also because I was also... From fifth grade and on, people assumed I was on drugs, so I went against that, you know what I mean? To be like, no, I'm just naturally weird. It's not drugs. Fuck you. Yeah, I didn't smoke pot till college. My sophomore year of college. Okay, yeah, we're about the same then. Yeah, Yeah. we're about the same. And then I haven't stopped. (laughs) I did stop for a while, but now it's kind of back in my life, and I, I don't mind it. I like it. I think it serves a purpose. It's wonderful. I've been all edibles since the pandemic started. I grew up with asthma and my asthma is under control. But anytime I get like the flu or cold or something, I always get it extra worse because it gets into my lungs. And with all this the COVID shit, I'm like, it's not worth taking a puff when I can eat a gummy. Oh, yeah. No, edibles are. That's all I've been doing. I did a little vapey stuff and then I heard about vapes being bad. And so then I, I've just been all edibles for whatever. I wonder if it's a generational thing. I hear like. I don't know if young people vape or smoke, but I feel like people our age are just doing edibles because it's just easier, even though it takes longer. I was influenced in college by the great Nirvana song, Vape Me. The next song on this, I believe, is one of the great Beatles songs ever, and it has one of the unique intros only in America, only in America. Can you go from a dirt poor farmer to a movie star with a monkey to president of the United States? Um, uh, the intro to I'm Looking Through You is not just a false start in the stereo only version. The intro to I'm Looking Through You, even after the false start, has a different mix 
You can hear kind of talking. You can hear Paul's voice warming up during the traditional intro that you also hear in mono and the stereo version the rest of the world got. It sounds different. It is a fascinating U.S. stereo only thing that on the 06 box set version, you get the original American version. And in the 2014 version where they reissued everything, there was some worry because in some cases they ditch the American specialty stuff, but they still include the weird stereo intro to this. Now in the 2006 uh, CD pressings, they, and I mentioned this at the very top, the mono in some pressings is a fold down of the stereo. So there exists several thousand copies within mono, the false beginning. <laughs> as a mistake so there's yet another weird rarity it's so strange of course yeah that is real weird and also on the mono version you actually get a longer fade out and you get a little more of that paul vocal you change you change all that stuff is yeah. so great tony yeah Th this is one of my favorite paul vocals we already talked about this song much like you won't see me kind of being a commentary on the dissolution of the relationship with jane asher i love the song It's one that when Paul has done live the last 10 or 15 years, he's had a hard time replicating the gait and the feel. His band is so great. McCartney's touring band are awesome. Sure. But they've never been able to nail this song. I've never really understood it. Where are you with this one? I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't dislike it. I do see it as a song where it's like, oh, Paul and Jane are having problems. You know what I mean? I feel like in a way I almost feel like I'm watching his dirty laundry or whatever. Kick him when the up, kick him when the down, <laughs> kick him when the Yep. <laughs> Glenn. That's Don. Oh, that's fucking Henley. Don, You're right. Yeah. Glenn Fry did uh, Heat Is On. Yeah. I couldn't differentiate which terrible song the solo Eagles do. Dude, I saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. <laughs> oh, God. So this song was, ironically, it was composed at Jane Asher's family's house uh, where Paul actually had a room that they let him sleep in and compose. And uh, I, I find that so interesting. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's just a different world, you know, than the one you and I grew up in. Different world than where we come from. Dwayne Wayne. 
<laughs> it is a different world. Sunglasses. Yeah. And uh, what was her name? Jasmine Guy. Jasmine yeah. Guy. Remember her? What was her character's name? I forget. She had a cool name. I don't remember. Oh, I got to look it up. I can tell you about Chico and the Man. I don't remember. What was Jet? I got to look it up. Her name was Whitley Marion Gilbert. I didn't know about the middle name, but the internet knew. <laughs> internet knows all, Tony. It's a different world. Ooh, and where you come from. The city is now. Yeah. The back cover of Rubber Soul says the organ stabs I'm looking through you are played by Ringo. Yes, yes, Ringo plays organ on this. Not only does he play organ, but he also plays matchboxes. I'm looking through you. Where did you go? I guess you can hear it. It's the little tapping sounds, but it's, you know, it's mixed tastefully, so it's not, you know. Who wants to hear a matchbox too loud? I want to hear Ringo sing the cover of Matchbox on something new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, along with Come Give Me Dine Der Han. <laughs> oh, Dunda, come to me. I'm like, oh, you know, as a Jew, I'm not loving this cover. <laughs> I get it, man. Yeah, it's too close. It's too close to all that. Too close. That jazz. Come give me Yeah, good song. I like I'm Looking Through You. And I, similar to Norwegian Wood, I definitely prefer the version that they ended up choosing versus the, the one you can hear on Anthology where it's a lot of like hand claps and intros. And This tempo's a bit more brisk. The final version, they really kind of found that pocket really nicely. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, the next song on both albums is a standard of standards. It's In My Life. And, I mean, we've talked about the song before. What else can be said about arguably the, I call in my life, the greatest non-Beatles single in terms of standards. Everybody knows in my life. For any other band, it's their biggest selling single. For the Beatles, it's a fucking album track. It is crazy. Yeah. And even Lennon considered it one of his best songs. He put it up there with Strawberry Fields and Help and things like that. This is one where there's always been talk about how much did Paul write. I think there are some Beatles scholars who would say that this song's like 60% John, 40% Paul, that Paul's mm. contribution was enough to make it a true mid-period Lennon-McCartney composition, which were fast dwindling because they weren't writing in vans or hotel rooms face-to-face -face anymore. Right. I believe the original idea was sparked from a journalist who asked him why his... Things like in his own right, why we didn't see that kind of writing in his songs, you know, and this would have been around still the She Loves You probably era, right? Like, why don't we get more deeper things? And so he he actually took this journalist up on that challenge and he started like writing down memories of Liverpool and things like that. And the first draft was was bad, he thought. He he was like, oh, this is like a boring what I did over the summer school composition, you know? But then once he let go, it kind of came together. And you can actually, if you go on BeatlesBible.com, I think it is, whatever, Beatles Bible, you'll find it. But you can see the lyric sheets there. And it's cool. It's cool to see the progression of the art. Yeah, it is. And first of all, that journalist, Maureen Cleave, we get it. She's every <laughs> journalist. I'm every woman. She's the first Beatle. <laughs> she, she's the number one Beatle, Maureen Cleave. Thanks, Mo. 
That's Maureen Starkey. <laughs> that's gonna, Maureen Cleave. I'm going to credit that to my... <laughs> that's Paul talking to Maureen Cleave at the end of Get Back. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mo, for suggesting John use three syllables. How much more can we say about it in my life? It is one of the, another one that kind of has those Greek guitar lines, that incredible George Martin piano solo that he recorded in halftime and then sped up to sound like a harpsichord. actually think that that funny gliss down at the end it, it it's almost comical i kind of dig it if you lis- listen to that piano solo again and when you listen to the gliss down on the way out there's something kind of stumbly and almost faulty towers about it oh first of all one of my favorite shows in the history of television only 12 <laughs> of them but 12 of the best episodes ever made and you're totally right but that's the sweet spot of George Martin is he produced comedy records for so long. Yeah. The brilliant musician with his ears open. All you need is ears, his book. But <laughs> that's a guy who understood so much about so much that it is part comical without being distasteful. Even the little exactly. comical ending just feels so part and parcel of the beauty of that moment. Yeah, man, this is Rubber Soul is well represented on that Red album. And this is another one of those songs that just feels like one of the true Beatles standards. It's so weird that people who only own Beatles one or one of those things don't. To me, my point is this song is Beatles canon. This song to me is in the yeah. upper echelon. This is as good as Penny Lane or A Hard Day's Night or Let It Be or Hey Jude or any of the songs you want to put up there. This to me is a standard of standards in the Beatles catalog and never a single, never a B-side. I agree with you, even though it has that string buzz on the guitar at the end. Which is what makes it so human <laughs> and nice. Um <laughs> Okay, two more songs in the American one. Both the American and British uh, next come with Wait, which I think was written during the Help sessions. Yeah, recorded for Help, but didn't make it. Yeah. I was astonished to discover that this was actually mostly a Paul song. I always heard it as a John song, and I think it's because his vocal is more dominant in the mix. Yeah, Paul's voice really gets more dominant in that bridge. Yes. So I've always thought of it as a true John and Paul song. It's been a long time, now I'm coming back home. I've been away now, oh how I've been alone. Wait till I come back to your side. We'll forget the tears we cried. I feel as though you ought to know the 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was written in the Bahamas during the filming of Help in the presence of uh, a former child actor, Brandon DeWild. Translated, that means Brandon the Wild. <laughs> Brandon of, of Wild. Wi- of Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look up Brandon DeWild very briefly. Let's see what we can find out about him. Brandon DeWild was my generation's Rick Schroeder. Hoping to find we're two of a kind. Make it a go, make it grow together. We're gonna find our way together. Taking the time each day to learn all about those things you just can't buy. see here well he was a stage actor yeah i don't know if we know him from anything he was like a british you know like the british little rascals or something like that peter and the wolf the young person's guide to the orchestra i've not heard of any of these things the missouri traveler well he was with lee marvin in something blue denim he wore blue denim He was in a stage production of Butterflies Are Free in Denver, Colorado. Oh, he's killed in a traffic accident in Lakewood. God, I've stayed in Lakewood. It's a dump. Well, that's what Day in the Life was about. There you go. There's your Beatles tie-in. We found it. Butterflies Are Free, by the way, is a Goldie Hawn vehicle, and it's one of my favorite, um, I don't know if it's one of my favorite movies, but it has a soft place in my heart. Is that how you say that? Yeah, I don't think I know that movie. It's really cool. It's Goldie Hawn, and she plays a hippie chick in San Francisco. It's late 60s, and she is uh, like dorm mates, or she's she's a friend of a, a blind guy, and it's their kind of courtship, and it's really sweet. Well, and that movie, of course, led to Ebony and Ivory. The next song on the UK version is If I Needed Someone, a great George Harrison track. We'll get to when we do our deep dive into yesterday, dot, 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 and today. I love If I Needed Someone. 
But the U.S. album closes with the only Rubber Soul song that I think is a bit of a fart. It's a little bit. <laughs> it's a little bit regressive. It's a little bit misogynistic. It's it's not one of my favorite Beatles songs, and I feel like it's the only it's the only kind of black mark on this album, and it's "Run for Your Life," which to me has always done very little for me. The lyrics are a little too aggressive. I'd rather see a dead little girl than to be with another man. It's not like tongue in cheek, John. Aggressive. It's just plain aggressive, and the song isn't even all that great. I suppose. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, this one does not age well at all. And in fact, John Lennon hated this song. He said it was his least favorite Beatles song, and he's the one who wrote it. Um, yeah, that that line that you speak of was taken from Baby Let's Play House. Chuck Berry, right? Elvis. Elvis, Elvis. I'm sorry, right? Elvis. Listen to me, baby. Try to understand. I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to be with another man. And baby, baby, come back, baby, come. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to give too much time to the song it's you're you're not going to find this one on beatles compilations maybe tomorrow never knows file under rock (laughs) file under jealousy (laughs) and in fairness john lennon i mean if you really want to look at it this way think how much better of a song jealous guy is than this yeah if you want like a jealous song in jealous guy john is vulnerable and aching in this song, he just aggressive and mean. Uh, the redeeming quality when he rides out the end with na 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 na. The riffing at the end saves the song. I gotta see a dead little girl and to be with another man. You better keep your head, little girl, or you won't know where I am. You better run for your life if you can, little girl. Hide your head in the sand, little girl. Catch you with another man. That's the end. Yeah, I don't not like this song. I get it. Yeah. Like I said, it doesn't age well, but the music in it's all right. Yeah, the message is the problem. But interestingly, it was popular in Chicago is what I've heard. People in Chicago liked this song. What do you make of that? The band Chicago loved it. And this inspired Peter Cetera to write, hard to say I'm sorry. <laughs> Peter et cetera. Peter <laughs> et cetera. <laughs> Chicago, what a weird band. They, they were like a kind of a, they were a weird pop band. soul band that became a pap 80s band. Yeah, they, they have a curious path. Uh, Peter Cetera, great voice, but he's one of the dumbest lines I've ever heard the way he sings, after all that who we've been through. Like, F-R-U. <laughs> like, he just adds syllables and vowels to a word that doesn't need him. What does after all that ho we've been through mean? After all that who we've been through. God bless. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, the harmonies are great, but even the guitar playing doesn't do much. This is just not one of the strongest songs in the album. But, yeah, the, the, the U.S. Rubber Soul, a couple more things before we wrap this thing. The back cover has a picture of Paul McCartney smoking a cigarette, or is it a joint? But it's one of those kind of cool back cover moments. When the CD came out, the back cover of the Rubber Soul CD was just the titles, and then you had to look at the booklet, and it was all the pictures chopped up. But holding the Rubber Soul album in your hand is an experience unto itself. George dressed as a cowboy. Yeah. Paul smoking. John with a bunch of foliage above him. I just love every bit about this album. 
Uh, there are many pressings of this out there, Tony. If I may recommend my favorite versions of Rubber Soul. Let's hear it. The final vinyl remasters. When Capital changed the coding to C1, everything was SW. What was the original Capital here? Was it an S? Uh, yeah, the original is SW2442. Uh, when they came out with the last vinyl, they remastered everything, but from the original Capitol tapes. So if you can find a copy of Rubber Soul with C1, you can tell because it's got a barcode on the back. If it's less than 40 bucks, pick it up, listen with headphones. It is an incredible way to hear the American Rubber Soul. So wait, were these the ones that came out in 88 or is this? These were 88. Got it. When they issued in 87, when the... British version came out on Capitol. They used the digital transfer of the George Martin remix on vinyl. So the British pressings on Capitol are mostly garbage because they're from the CD digital mixes. They're fun to have, but not for audiophiles. Got it. Well, there you go. Audiophile corner over here. I dig Audiophile it. Audiophile <laughs> corner. That's uh, my, my favorite thing. Uh, also, for the British version, I might have mentioned this before, but the mono LP that came out in 2014 is, I mean, it's the British mix, but it's stunning. It's just, it's so good. But yeah. for the American one, yeah, seek it out. And that Capital Albums box set volume two that doesn't feature the 2009 remasters, but rather just the U.S. mixes on CD, that's worth seeking out, too. I'll sell you a copy for $2. That's how bootlegs work. Venmo <laughs> me, idiot. <laughs> well, there you go. You can get your CDR trash from TJ Shanoff here from the Untitled Beatles podcast. I want to thank our producer, Casey Baker. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, U.S. Rubber Soul. Can I speak for both of us in saying that we prefer it to British Rubber Soul? No question. I I I prefer the. We both prefer the U.S. Rubber Soul to the British one. Yeah. And we both prefer Bad Boy to the White Album. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Untitled Beatles podcast. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> I love I love ending stupid Tony. Uh, I love happy. it. Me too. I'm glad you do.